section ninety eight of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds jack riley and vitriol bob mr green had so well managed matters in respect to the bank-notes that in the course of a few hours he had contrived to obtain cash for about twelve thousand pounds worth and the doctor was so delighted at his success that he had testified his satisfaction by making him a present of a couple of thousand for himself being now a rich man mr riley resolved to quit his lodgings in rupel street and take superior apartments in a better neighbourhood then it struck him as he was walking leisurely along in the city after having parted from green that it would be far more agreeable to become the possessor of a nice little cottage in a pleasant suburb and while this idea was uppermost in his mind he happened to observe in the window of a house agent an announcement to the effect that several elegant and desirable villas were to be let on lease or sold in the most delightful part of pentonville the doctor entered the office obtained a card to view the premises thus advertised and taking a cab proceeded straight to the suburb indicated having nothing particular to do jack riley spent several hours in inspecting the villas and at length fixed upon one which he resolved to purchase the individual who had built the houses on speculation and who was compelled to dispose of one on any terms before he could possibly finish another resided close at hand and a bargain being speedily concluded a particular hour on the following day was agreed upon as the time for a final settlement jack riley having proceeded thus far in his arrangements entered a public-house which had lately been built on an eminence within a quarter of a mile of the new model prison and there he ordered some dinner for it was now four o'clock in the afternoon the repast over he took a seat at an open window which commanded a view of copenhagen fields and all the neighbouring district and with his pipe and some hot brandy-and-water he was enjoying himself to his heart's content when he was suddenly startled by the appearance of vitriol bob who happened to pass that way though a brave fearless and desperate man the doctor nevertheless uttered an ejaculation of mingled surprise and annoyance and his enemy who would not have otherwise perceived him instantly glanced towards the window their looks met and a diabolical scowl distorted the countenance of vitriol bob while jack riley immediately recovering his presence of mind surveyed the miscreant with cool defiance vitriol bob appeared to hesitate for a moment what course to pursue then suddenly making up his mind he entered the public room where the doctor was seated taking a chair at another table he rang the bell and ordered some spirits and water 
in payment for which he threw down a sovereign receiving the change when the waiter had disappeared and the two villains were alone together vitriol bob looked maliciously at jack riley as much as to say you see i am not without money and then he glanced complacently at the new suit of black which he had on for a change had taken place in vitriol bob's appearance and he seemed to be in high feather as well as his enemy the doctor his huge black whiskers had been trimmed oiled and curled a process that did not however materially mitigate the hang-dog expression of his countenance for his small reptile eyes still glared ferociously from beneath his thick overhanging brows his lips were as usual of a livid hue and his broken nose positively appeared more flat on his face than ever your health jack said the miscreant nodding with a kind of malignant familiarity as he raised the steaming glass to his lips thank ye kindly bob returned the doctor in a tone of mock civility now that we have met at last old feller we won't part again in a hurry observed vitriol bob after a pause during which he lighted a cigar just as you choose my tulip said riley calmly puffing away and contemplating the thin bluish vapour which curled lazily from the bowl of his pipe out of the window you and i have a score to settle you know jack continued vitriol bob and it seems as if the devil had thrown us in each other's way this evening on purpose to regulate our accounts oh that's the construction you put upon it eh said the doctor well just as you like you know that you used me shameful in that stamford street business t'other day proceeded vitriol bob it was only what you deserved for the trick you played me old fellow retorted the doctor but with amazing coolness alike of tone and manner i don't deny that i bilked you out of a part of your reglars in the matter alluded to said bob but it didn't deserve such a return as you gived me in the haunted house thank god i had my revenge on the old ooman t'other night yes she's disposed of observed jack and i can't forgive you for it bob even if you wished us to be friends she was a fine old creature and i had an affection for her because she was the ugliest wretch i ever saw in the shape of a woman and her spirit was admirable i meant the blow for you jack said vitriol bob but it's just as well now that the bottle broke over her since you and me have met again have you got another bottle in your pocket bob demanded the doctor because if we are to have a tuzzle for it before we part i may as well put myself on as equal terms with you as possible i shan't take no unfair advantage jack was the reply and as the villain thus spoke he slapped his hands against the skirts of his coat his breeches pockets and his breast to convince 
his antagonist that he had no bottle about his person there's nothing like fair play bob returned the doctor and therefore if you like to feel about me to convince yourself that i have no firearms you're welcome i'll take your word for it jack responded vitriol bob but i suppose you have got a clasp knife i never go without one was the answer and it's as sharp as a razor so is mine observed the other miscreant and then there was a long pause during which the two men contemplated each other with a calmness and serenity that would have prevented even the most acute observer from noticing the malignant light that gleamed in the depths of their eyes and while the one continued to puff his pipe in a leisurely manner the other smoked his cigar with equal ease so that they appeared to be two friends enjoying themselves in a pleasant way in the cool of the evening i suppose i interrupted some sport t'other night jack said vitriol bob at length breaking the silence you and the old ooman wasn't out together at that hour for nothink particularly in such a neighbourhood yes we were going to do a little business together observed the doctor you first twigged me in sloane street i saw you i knowed you did but you didn't suspect that i follered you rather said jack riley at least i thought it very probable you're aweer that the old ooman's dead i suppose i said as much just now twas in the papers remarked jack riley yes i read it in the advertiser responded vitriol bob there was another pause during which the two miscreants had their glasses replenished the doctor also refilled his pipe and the other lighted a second cigar we'll make ourselves comfortable jack said vitriol bob as long as you like and whenever you feel disposed to go mind that i shall be arter you well i can't prevent that observed the doctor coolly you have a right to walk which way you choose in this free country thank ye for giving me the information said bob in a satirical tone but of course i mean to stick to you till you're so wearied of my company that you must come to a last struggle either to shake me off altogether or perish yourself for mind if i catch you asleep jack i shall stick my clasp-knife into you up to the haft i'm obliged to you for letting me know your kind intentions beforehand observed the doctor because i shall adopt precisely the same mode of warfare now then we understand each other said vitriol bob and that's a comfort but it's a great pity that two such fine fellows as you and me should be at loggerheads how somever it can't be helped and a reconcilement or whatever they call it is impossible your life or mine jack that's the question to be decided now depend upon it old fellow that you'll be a croaker before morning returned the doctor as he raised his glass to his lips no it's you that'll be a stiffen my boy was the pleasant retort time must show remember that it's no infant you'll have to deal with i should have beat you that night in the haunted house jack if the old ooman hadn't come to your assistance 
observed vitriol bob with a low but diabolical chuckle yes but it was because i slipped over something old fellow was the answer and i shall take care to keep more steady on my pins next time depend upon it that when the death struggle does come jack the fust that slips will be the dead un did you ever hear of the kentuckian fashion of dealing with an enemy demanded vitriol bob never was the reply but i dare say it's something damnable as bad perhaps as breaking a vitriol bottle over a person's face or else you wouldn't know anything about it you're right there jack it's gouging that i mean and what's gouging pray tearing a fellow's eye out of its socket answered vitriol bob one can play at that game as well as another observed the doctor totally unmoved by the horrid nature of the conversation to be sure and we shall sooner or later see who beats at it another pause succeeded this last remark of vitriol bob and again did the two men sit contemplating each his enemy with a composure that was unnatural and dreadful to a degree under the circumstances time wore on in this manner their glasses were frequently replenished and yet the liquor appeared not to produce the least effect upon them but cool collected and self-possessed they sat measuring each other's form and calculating its strength until darkness insensibly stole upon them the waiter then entered to light the gas and several frequenters of the house began to drop in to take their evening's allowance of alcoholic drink and stupefying tobacco at length jack riley rose and looking hard at his enemy said i am going now wery well returned vitriol bob i'll keep you company there was nothing in these observations to excite either the curiosity or the suspicions of the other persons in the public-house parlour nevertheless those words had a terrible significancy for the two men who had exchanged them the doctor walked leisurely out of the room first and vitriol bob followed him but the instant they were outside the premises the former turned abruptly round upon his enemy saying come let us proceed abreast i don't mean to give you a chance of stabbing me from behind just as you like observed vitriol bob and he placed himself at the doctor's right hand leaving an interval of about a couple of feet between them in this manner they walked on in silence each occupied with his own peculiar reflections vitriol bob was intent only on vengeance dreadful complete and diabolical vengeance and though he seemed to be looking straight forward he was nevertheless watching his companion with the sidelong glances of his reptile-like eyes jack riley was calculating in his mind what course he should adopt he was naturally as brave as a lion but he did not perceive any advantage in risking his life in a struggle that even were he victorious would produce neither profit nor glory the only possible good that could result to him from a triumphant issue of the quarrel would be the removal of a bitter inveterate and determined enemy nevertheless the doctor had most potent reasons to induce him to avoid this deadly encounter 
he had just obtained a vast sum of money and had the means of realizing five times as much the world therefore had suddenly assumed a smiling aspect in his eyes he had already resolved to abandon his nefarious pursuits which indeed were no longer necessary and settled down quietly in the cottage for the purchase of which he had that day concluded a bargain and all these prospects were to be staked on the hazard of a die risked fearfully at the bidding of the miscreant who was walking by his side at one moment the doctor seriously thought of giving his companion into charge to the first corps of policemen whom they might encounter for this was the hour when the little detachments of constables went about relieving their comrades on duty but that idea was abandoned almost as soon as formed inasmuch as jack riley had all his money about him and he knew that if he handed vitriol bob over to the police as the murderer of torrens or of mrs mortimer the miscreant would unhesitatingly turn round with some charge that would at least place him the doctor in temporary restraint and lead to an examination of his person jack riley therefore came to the determination of pushing on into the heart of london well knowing that vitriol bob's object was not to assail him in any neighbourhood where the contest was likely to be observed and prevented but to drive him by dint of persecution dogging and a hateful companionship into the open country where through very desperation the doctor should make up his mind to settle the matter decisively by a struggle on equal terms feeling convinced that this was his enemy's purpose jack riley resolved either to weary him out or give him the slip if possible or else to seize an opportunity of stabbing him suddenly in some place where an immediate escape was practicable we must again observe it was through no cowardice that the doctor was desirous of avoiding a conflict from which only one could possibly depart alive but he had so many inducements to cling to existence that he saw no advantage in risking them all in a quarrel where the personal animosity was entirely on the other side in the course of half an hour they arrived in the vicinity of the angel at islington and jack riley now breaking the silence which had lasted since they quitted the public-house at pentonville said this walking makes one thirsty let's have some beer willingly answered vitriol bob and we'll drink out of the same pot to make people believe we're friends they accordingly entered a gin shop and shared a pot of porter at the bar after which they resumed their walk passing down the city road they kept abreast and preserved a deep silence each watching the movements of the other the doctor in the hope of being able to give his companion a sudden thrust with his knife and vitriol bob for the purpose of preventing the escape of his enemy it was ten o'clock when they came within sight of the bank of england and as they passed under its solid wall jack riley wondered whether he should be alive to keep an appointment which he had with green for eleven next morning in order to have some more of his notes changed by that individual all the money in that there place old feller won't save one or t'other of us from death before many hours is gone by observed vitriol bob in a low and ferocious tone you must make the best use of your time then returned jack since you've got a presentiment that it's so near 
no it's you that had better say your prayers retorted the miscreant but what's the use of keeping both your hands in your pockets if you think you'll be able to draw out your knife suddenly and give me a poke under the ribs you're uncommonly mistaken i wasn't dreaming of such a thing answered jack riley for the first time showing a slight degree of confusion in his manner it's false old feller said vitriol bob you've got the clasp-knife open in your pocket i know you have the gas-lights is strong enough about there to enable a sharp-sided chap like me to twig all that goes on it's you that speaks false returned jack riley still keeping his hands in his pockets and again relapsing into silence they pursued their way passing in front of the exchange and up cornhill they turned into birchin lane there jack riley hesitated for an instant which way to proceed but suddenly recollecting that in a little passage to the left there was a public-house called the bengal arms he said there's a crib here where they sell capital ale let's have some cried vitriol bob you go on fust the place is too nar for us both no you go first said the doctor in this way then responded vitriol bob and stepping nimbly in front of his companion he turned round and walked backwards along the passage until it suddenly grew wider opposite the door of the bengal arms jack riley laughed at this manoeuvre but he was in reality disappointed for had vitriol bob acted with less precaution he would have assuredly received the whole length of the doctor's formidable knife in his back ere he had proceeded half-way up the passage we'll go into the parlour here said jack and have some bread and cheese i'm hungry so am i observed vitriol bob in a dry laconic tone which denoted the terrible determination that inspired the man's mind a determination never to part from his companion until one of them should be no more there was something awful something frightfully revolting and hideously appalling in the circumstance of those two miscreants thus wandering about together in a manner that appeared amicable enough to all who beheld them two wretches possessing the hearts of fiends and the external ugliness of monsters two incarnate demons capable of any turpitude however black the die end of section ninety eight